Our world is full of the unexplainable. And if history is an open book, all of these amazing tales are right there on display, just waiting for us to explore. Welcome to the Cabinet of Curiosities. In war, a soldier's primary goals are to kill the enemy and stay alive. During the Civil War, however, that second part wasn't so easy. Musket balls did immense damage as they tore through flesh, often taking winding routes and remaining lodged inside the body. This, of course, led to infections, which turned into high fevers and eventually death. Treatment was rudimentary and scarce. Many people who survived lost limbs to gangrene, and penicillin hadn't been discovered yet. The Civil War saw the birth of an organized ambulance system as a way to safely and quickly rush injured soldiers to local hospitals. Trains were also used as mobile medical units, but care itself had not advanced in any meaningful way. It wasn't like there was time, either, with war raging across the country. However, some soldiers suffered from gunshot wounds found themselves being healed by something outside the realm of modern medicine. It was a phenomenon that had to be seen to be believed. You might say they had a guardian angel watching over them. In early April of 1862, over 40,000 Union soldiers had been camped out along the Tennessee River near the little town of Shiloh. A second division of roughly 20,000 additional troops were on their way, but the Union soldiers, led by Ulysses S. Grant, had no idea what was coming. Meanwhile, 40,000 Confederate troops were moving in from the south, hoping to catch Union forces off guard. On the morning of April 6th, Confederate soldiers emerged from the nearby woods and surprised Grant's army, beginning what would become the bloodiest battle of the war. The Battle of Shiloh lasted two days. Between both sides, over 23,000 lives were lost, more casualties than in any other battle in American history up to that moment. The surprise attack didn't matter anyway. The Confederates, with their antiquated weapons, were forced to retreat while both sides tended to their dead and wounded. The night after the fight, rains started moving into the area. The soil turned to mud. Injured soldiers waited for medical support. And then they noticed something odd about their wounds. They were glowing. No one had expected it. Being in the middle of nowhere with no access to proper medicine, as limited as it was at the time, didn't leave them feeling hopeful. But a miraculous thing was happening. The soldiers whose wounds had emitted a soft blue glow survived more often than those whose wounds had not. They healed faster. There were fewer cases of infection and amputations. Those who witnessed it started referring to it as angel's glow. If only it had been that divine. Sadly, angels had not descended upon Shiloh to save the Union troops. In fact, the truth about their glowing wounds had nothing to do with guardian angels at all. As it turned out, the whole area was crawling with nematodes, tiny worms that ate insect larvae they found in the mud. Well, they didn't exactly eat the larvae. They burrowed inside it and then vomited up a special kind of bacteria called Photoharabdus luminescence. And the bacteria was special for two reasons. First, it killed the larvae from the inside for the nematodes to eat. And secondly, it gave off a soft blue glow. And that's what the soldiers were seeing. Glowing blue bacteria thrown up by hungry worms inside their wounds. Kind of gross, I know, but that's not all. 
The bacteria didn't just eat insect larvae. It ate pretty much anything in its path, including other bacteria that might have caused infections. Those soldiers had survived at a much higher rate than the rest of the army did because of nematode vomit. The medical profession might not have learned much about proper care during the worst of the Civil War, but the soldiers sure learned something else. A cure could always be found in nature, even in the most unlikely of places. This episode is sponsored by Intuit. Here's a story for you. Once upon a time, a young woman was haunted by the ghosts of bad financial decisions, with credit card debt and an empty savings account looming over her every day. When she tried to ignore these ghosts, they only grew bigger and scarier, and these ghosts of her bad financial decisions were stopping her from living her best life. So she decided to face them head-on and take control of her finances with help from Intuit. Intuit helps you face your financial fears with confidence through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. The greatest minds in history left behind legacies of legendary proportions. Albert Einstein's theories and research have contributed to some of the most important scientific discoveries of the last 60 years. Leonardo da Vinci's art has influenced not just other artists all over the world, but inventors as well. And William Shakespeare's impact on literature and theater continues to inspire new generations of writers everywhere. However, their work is only part of their genius. We'll never know their hopes and dreams, the passing thoughts that might have changed the world if they had been explored, if only there had been some way to peek inside their minds. Well, one man may have done exactly that in 1794, kicking off over 200 years of rumor about what happened to one of the most important historical figures of all time. His name was Dr. Frank Chambers. For years, he kept a diary of his day-to-day life, and it was in this record that he wrote some entries about a bold endeavor that he had undertaken. You see, he wanted something, something that belonged to a famous literary figure, the aforementioned bard of Stratford-upon-Avon, William Shakespeare. Shakespeare had died almost two centuries prior, in 1616, and his body had been buried in the Church of the Holy Trinity, about 100 miles northwest of London. So, Dr. Chambers led a team of grave robbers into the church one night with a plan to dig up Shakespeare's body. They weren't after jewels, though, or even a quill pen he might have been buried with. No, they wanted something else— a piece of the man himself, specifically his skull. And according to the stories, Chambers was successful in his pursuit and reportedly later sold the skull for 300 British pounds. But something about these stories never seemed to add up. To a lot of historians, it just seemed too outlandish to be true. Shakespeare's grave had been unmarked, so successfully finding it in the dark seemed like a fool's errand. There was also the inscription meant to warn away potential robbers— Blessed be the man that spares these stones, and cursed be he that moves my bones. 
that should have been enough to give anyone pause. But not Dr. Chambers. Allegedly, of course. In his explanation of his exploits, the intrepid thief made note of several specific details. For example, he claimed Shakespeare was not buried in a coffin, but wrapped in cloth and placed into a shallow grave. That only lessened the credibility of his story. After all, why would someone as famous and brilliant as William Shakespeare have been buried in such a common and unfitting way? Unfortunately, there was no way to be sure. The church would not let anyone else exhume the body for verification, and they heeded the bard's final request that no one disturb his grave. And so, for centuries, the rumors of Dr. Chambers' exploits persisted, although no one took them too seriously. Scholars and theater aficionados alike just couldn't accept that such a great mind might be resting in such a mundane grave. That was until 2016, 400 years after his death. That's when archaeologists found another way to get the answers they needed. Using ground-penetrating radar, the scientists scanned Shakespeare's grave to get a more accurate picture of what was inside. And what they found shocked them. Dr. Chambers, who had sworn the truth about his outrageous claims regarding the writer's grave, had been right all along. William Shakespeare had, in fact, been wrapped in cloth before his burial, in a shallow grave only three feet deep. What's more, perhaps the boldest and strangest claim of all hadn't been so strange. The head really was missing. No one knows where it is today, or who might have it but I like to imagine it's being used in a very special performance of Hamlet. Dr. Frank Chambers confused the literary world for centuries with his amazing claim, but in the end, it was proven true. He might have been our predecessor in many ways, but he certainly found a way to get ahead of us. I hope you've enjoyed today's guided tour of the Cabinet of Curiosities. Subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts or learn more about the show by visiting curiositiespodcast.com. This show was created by me, Aaron Mankey, in partnership with How Stuff Works. I make another award-winning show called Lore, which is a podcast, book series, and television show. And you can learn all about it over at theworldoflore.com. And until next time, stay curious. Stay curious.